for a few moments and I am mindful of the time because we have another service here shortly but I want you to go with me to the book of Jeremiah if you would stand in honor of that word I want to read beginning with verse 1 of Jeremiah chapter 5 and the prophet said run ye to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem and see now and know and seek in the broad places thereof if you can find a man if you can find a man if there is if there be any if there be any that executeth judgment or executeth that judgment that seeketh the lord the truth and i will pardon it though they say the lord liveth surely they swear falsely o lord are not thine eyes upon the truth Thou hast stricken them, but they have not grieved. Thou hast consumed them, but they have refused to receive correction. They have made their faces harder than a rock. They have refused to return. Therefore I said, surely these are poor. They are foolish, for they know not the way of the Lord, nor the judgment of their God. I will get me unto the great men, and will speak unto them, for they have known the way of the Lord and the judgment of their God. But these have altogether broken the yoke and burst the bonds. Wherefore a lion out of the forest shall slay them, and a wolf of the evening shall spoil them. A leopard shall watch over their cities. Everyone that goeth out hence shall be torn in pieces because their transgressions are many and their backslidings are increased. How shall I pardon thee for this? Thy children have forsaken me and sworn by them that they are no gods. When I had fed them to the full, then they then committed adultery and assembled themselves by troops in the harlot's houses. They were as a fed horse or as fed horses in the morning. Everyone neighed after his neighbor's wife. Shall I not visit for these things, saith the Lord? And shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? Go you up upon her walls and destroy, but make not a full end. Take away her battlements, for they are not the Lord's. I want to talk to you for just a few moments about when all the props are gone. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Over the last few weeks and months, times like these have a way of making you ask yourself the difficult questions. Things that we try to avoid under most circumstances, but now under these trying times, there are questions that come into focus. And there had been some that have been at the forefront of my mind, and I will honestly tell you that when they first came, I wanted to avoid answering them. Because when you get honest, honesty has a way of bearing 
you before the Lord in a light that's not always as we would want it to be. And the question that comes to my mind is what makes me feel secure? What makes me feel secure? What am I depending on for my happiness? And you know, over the last few weeks and months when there was a scarcity of certain things, there was a great deal of frustration that came uh, in, in many people's lives and perhaps in yours. It was aggravating to go to the grocery store and see no toilet paper or go see no dish soap or go and see no disinfectant. And, and uh, so many areas of our country were even hit harder than ours, but people panicked and they began hoarding uh, all of these items and uh, I guess selling them on eBay. I don't know. Uh, certainly... Uh, They had to go somewhere, but uh, there's a certain insecurity that comes when our props, the things that we have become dependent on are taken away from us. So what makes me feel secure? Is it my 401k? Is it my bank account that leaves me with the security of knowing that I could go out today and eat lunch and not have to worry about that, or I could go buy something and and enjoy some luxury. Is that what makes me feel secure, knowing that I have that there? I've got a nest egg. And uh, friends, you know, people that we like to hang out with, we know that they're going to help us get through. And maybe some people... I don't know, maybe they're looking to the government and that's where their security comes from is a stable government. And right now we have everything but a stable government in America. And when I start asking myself these questions, finding the answers, honestly finding the answers will tell much about what I want to speak to you about today. You know, I, I am the first to admit that there's nothing like a good support system. I think we all need them. We all have them, even though we act like we don't. All of us have a certain amount of support that has been gathered around our lives. Uh, we need that. It helps us function better, knowing that we've got this person or that person or this thing or that thing, or we've got this luxury or we've got this accommodation. And there, there is this support system. As long as we have that, uh, we feel comfortable. We feel confident. We, uh, we're not fearful and afraid. And, and uh, we build our lives uh, upon these support systems. And we all need them. I'm not speaking against them. I'm just saying that all of us at some point in life, have to have some kind of apparatus in our life that helps us with life, in dealing with life. And every one of us leaned on somebody. You depend on somebody. You trust somebody to help you get through life. And we've all developed these systems. We build Uh, our support system based on what we often feel are essential. And we become many times inflated with our own conceit and confidence. 
and we like Israel have a proneness to build these battlements that are nothing more than our own doing. Putting our hopes and trust in other things. Israel had put their confidence in these man-made apparatuses, the fortifications of their city. I don't know when it started, but at some point in Israel's journey, somebody had to get with somebody else and say, you know what? This city isn't as secure as it needs to be. We've got all of these enemies and they can come in and destroy us. We should never let that happen. And somebody may have protested and said, oh, but what about the Lord? Well, you know, the Lord's good, but but we need this as well. We, we, we can't make it. We, we can't just rely upon that. And so somewhere along the line, they started building these uh, defenses around their city. And there was nothing wrong with that. Most people would say that was prudent. The trouble is... They began to trust more in what they had built than the God who had made them. And they began to trust more in their own securities to the point where they acted as if God's going to bless us because the temple's here. God's going to help us because his spirit is here. His Shekinah is here. And and they, they came to a point of feeling as if There was nothing that could change God's opinion of them, no matter how they lived. And God looked down, he saw it, he watched all of that unfolding, and there came a point in time where God said, okay, that's enough. That's enough. And uh, God said, I'll tell you what I want you to do. I want you to take away those battlements, all the stuff that they have come to depend on that they can't live without. If they don't have it, they have a nervous breakdown. They have a hissy fit. Uh, if, if they don't get that, that cup of Starbucks or they don't get to go on that vacation or they don't get to buy that piece of, of, of luxury item or whatever, their lives are shattered and they feel, oh, I'm so cheated. And God said, the problem is they have allowed the, 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 the dependence of their life to be shifted away from me. And it has gone to these other things. And without even realizing on a daily basis, we become more and more connected to them so that when they are taken away, we panic. And God said, I have to do something in Israel that will bring them back to where they realize that the only trust they really need to have is in me and in me alone. Those things cannot save them, but I can. Now, they may give you a sense of protection, but in the end, they are not going to save you. It's strange how quickly my affections can become attached to things. Like air conditioning. Like comfortable pews to sit in. Now, I wonder if we had old wooden benches like they used to have and no AC. I wonder how anxious we would have been to come to the house of the Lord. I mean, that recliner looks a whole lot better in my PJs and being able to sit there with a bowl of bluebell and watch church. I mean, that's, 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 I mean, you understand what I'm saying? 
I'm talking to you right now. I'm going to tell you what's happening in our world right now. I believe God loves us enough to help us get our focus back on him. And I believe that there are many of these things that are happening. God didn't cause them, but God's going to use them to strip away from us the veneer and the facade that we feel like we have to have and we can't live without it so that we can get back to the place where we are awakened, where all that we see is Him and all that we want to do is trust Him and lean upon Him and rely upon Him and call upon Him first. That's what God is trying to do, I believe, in our lives. God, he has a way of removing our props. He, he has a way. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing when he drives me back to trusting in him. That's the best life. That is the fruitful life. That is the life that is to be envied, but all too often in life. We become comfortable and we don't even realize that it's happened. But I'll be honest with you. When I got sick, there were a lot of crazy questions that went through my mind. But more than just the crazy questions, it was the, what really matters and, and, and what really needs to be the focus. And I want to be honest with you. In those sickest moments... There was a whole lot of stuff in my life. I didn't care if I had it or I didn't have it. I didn't care if it was there or it wasn't there. I wasn't going to survive because that was there. I wasn't going to make it because I could play golf. I wasn't going to make it because I could go eat out with my friends. The only thing that I had to fall back on is, God, if you don't take me through this, then I'm coming to meet you really soon. But if you can, you can keep me and protect me. And he has pushed away all of these props. So that we can really get to the place where we really trust him. Somebody asked some one time, why do so many miracles happen on the mission field and not so many miracles happen in America? And the missionaries have been very quick to say, a lot of it has to do with our own prosperity. We don't have to pray because we got insurance. And I'm not saying don't use your insurance. I'm just saying use your insurance. But when you get through using your insurance, you better pray. Because that insurance can only go so far. The insurance does not hold me in its hand. It doesn't hold my life in its hand. But there is one who does hold my life. There is... Oh God, help me today to be awakened to you. And to refocus my attention on you. God has a way... And we lose sight of what really matters. And God said, okay, Jeremiah, I want you to tell them, take them away. Remove them because they have begun to trust those more than they trust me. God didn't do it out of hatred or vengeance. He did it for their own good. Like Isaiah, many times in life, there are things that block our vision of God. And it took a death. As sobering as that might be, it took a death for Isaiah to find what he truly needed to have his eyes upon. Evidently, Uzziah was a great king and he was a man greatly to be emulated. And 
Isaiah followed him and Isaiah must have been impressed by him because we read of no revelation that came to his life until that day when King Uzziah died and he said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. When the king was, when my earthly king was, when my earthly props were moved out of the way, I saw what was really going on behind the scene. I thought that man was the man, but what I saw was he was just used by God to fulfill his purpose. But when the curtain was pulled back and I saw the throne, I saw One who sat on the throne. And that vision of his life changed him. It transformed him. It turned his life completely around. Isaiah found it to be true. And we know that God was there to help him find that revelation. I want to tell you this morning, when our throne is empty of what we have put up there, when our throne is empty of the props that we have put in place and the things that we feel like we can't live without, when that thing is moved away, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. There is going to come an awakening. There is going to come a move of God. There is going to be a stirring of the Holy Ghost because there's nothing to block us from our vision of him. Hallelujah. When we look beyond man, we will always find the Lord is still on the throne. He's still on the throne. The throne is not empty. He is there and he is still in control. The problem is we have a hard time looking beyond the present. We have a hard time looking beyond our problem or what's wrong in life and what's happening around us. And the truth is many times those happen so that God can rake away all the facade and all the veneer and the shaft that's built up in the hay and the stubble so that what really matters can be seen. And as difficult as it is for me to say this, God, if there's anything that's keeping me from seeing you, take it out of the way. Take it out of our way. I know that's not something that I want to say carelessly, and I say it very cautiously. But when I look to him, I realize that's where my heart and my focus has to be. I've got to close, but let me just give you some scriptures. Psalms 118, 8 and 9. He said, it is better. Somebody say, it is better. It is better to trust the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Psalms 146, 3, 4, and 5. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. His breath goeth from him. He returneth to his earth in that very day his thoughts perish. Happy is he that hath God of Jacob for his help whose hope is in the Lord his God. It's Proverbs 29, 25. The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whosoever putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. 
shall be saved. Isaiah 12 and 2. Behold, the God is my salvation. Somebody needs to say that. God is my salvation. God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy shall you draw waters out of the wells of salvation. First Chronicles 5 and 18, the sons of Reuben and the Gadites and half the tribe of Manasseh of valiant men, able to bear buckler and sword and to shoot with bow, skillful in war, were 40 and 4,000, four and 40, thousand seven hundred and three score that were went out to war and they made war with the Hagarites and Jeter and Nepish and Nobab and they helped against them and they were helped against them and the Hagarites were delivered into their land all that were with them for they cried to God in the battle and he was entreated of them because they put their trust in him psalms 511 but let all those that put their trust in the lord rejoice i will rejoice in the lord psalms 9 and 10 and they that know thy name shall put their trust in thee for thou lord hath not forsaken them that seek thee psalms 11 in the lord put i my trust how say ye to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? Psalm 17, shew thy marvelous loving kindness, O thou that savest by thy right hand, them which put their trust in thee from those that rise up against thee. Psalms 20 and 7, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we, everybody say, but we. I believe what's happening in our world right now perhaps is an attempt by God just to pull away all of that that we have gone so used to and feel like we cannot live without to let us see what we really need and what will really keep us and what will really help us and what will really see us through. Let's stand together. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust let me never be ashamed. I listened as they praised this morning and I thought, oh God, every one of those songs is turning our attention back to you. Every one of those songs is turning our mind back to you. Every one of them are pulling us away from the cares and the pressures and the worries and the stress of life so that we can get a clear glimpse of you because when we can get a clear glimpse of you, fear vanishes. Worry cannot live in a house where there's a clear Clear vision of him. Hallelujah. Frustration flees when there's a clear vision of him. Anger cannot find a hiding place when there's a clear vision of him. Amen. Doubt cannot find a lodging place in your heart when there's a clear vision of him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When the props are all gone. I'm going to tell you what's left is what matters. And he's still on the throne. And he's still in control. 
He's in control of your life. He's in control of my life. He's in control of this church. I walked through this building several times recently. I thought, God, how in the world could we work so hard to get to this point and then not be able to occupy it? And I can't tell you that I got an answer right then. But I do know God called us to this moment. I go back to the fact that for one solid year, every service, Wednesday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, we stretched our hands out toward plans and we prayed, God, if this is your will, let it be so. If it's not, let there be another plan. Give us another direction for one solid year. And I go back to that because I know that if God brought us here, he didn't bring us here to fail. He didn't bring us here to be destroyed by COVID or anything else. Amen. And perhaps what all God's doing is just trying to knock away some of that stuff that you've gathered around your life that you feel like you can't live without so that you get to the place where you realize, I need God. I've got to have the Lord. You know, when people get in that position, something powerful always happens. You look back over your own life. When you have come to that place where you have ceased from man and you realize nobody can help me. Nobody can fix this. Nobody can change this. And all that stuff, all the distractions... I don't know, maybe Uzziah was a distraction. I I don't know. I just know it seems, according to Scripture, that it wasn't until Uzziah died that he was able to see the Lord high and lifted up. And I'm not talking about people, but maybe there's some things that need to die in our life that that have so obscured And we've let it become so important and have such priority in our life that we can't really see him. And God said, enough, (laughs) enough. Those are not mine. I didn't make that. You made that. That's not what I chose for you. That's not how I wanted to bless you. And so he starts moving this stuff so so that we can see him. Oh, God, help us to get a clear vision of you today. Hallelujah. Come on, let the Holy Ghost move right now. I don't know what it is in your life that's obscuring a good vision of Him, but whatever it is, you need to let Him move it out of the way. I don't know what it is in your life that has clouded the picture up, but you need to let Him clean it up. My priority is you, Lord. My hope. My hope. My hope. My hope, Lord. My hope, Lord. My hope. My hope, oh God, is in you. My hope is in you, Lord. My hope is in you. We said our hope. Oh, hallelujah. We said our hope on your life. Oh, yes. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh my God. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Would you pray with me right now? Everybody lift up your voice and let's pray. God, we, we need you more than we've ever needed. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. And if there's anything in my life that's obscuring my vision, if there's anything, Lord, in my life that hinders my ability to hear from you, Lord, if it need be, move it out of the way. Take it away. Take away the battlements. Take away the securities. Take away the dependence so that my, my trust has to be upon you and upon you alone. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, blessed be your name, Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Hallelujah. The Lord woke me up several days ago with this verse of Scripture. And I I think I may have mentioned it to you in one of our services, but in 2 Corinthians 1 and 9... Paul said, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves. We had the sentence of death in ourselves. That we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raiseth the dead. As sure as I am standing here today, I believe God is speaking to us in this hour of so much confusion and it is a clear directive this sentence of death that we seem to be under that we fear so much he said I'm going to use that I'm going to utilize that to drive you back to what you really need to lean on and that's me because when it's all said and done the only thing that's going to remain will be him his word heaven and earth shall pass away but my word shall stand forever that we should not trust in man but in God that's where I want my hope to be that's where your hope needs to be pray do the right thing do the wise thing wash your hands wear your mask but at the end of the day You better be depending on Him more than you depend on anything else because that's the only thing that's going to be stable in the end. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And there's some stuff that's going to be shaken out of our life. That's not a bad thing, even though we may not be comfortable with it. God's going to shake it out so that what cannot be shaken remains. And I believe that's what God's doing Amen. I wish we had more time. We got another service coming up. Would you just, if you're with your family, would you join hands if you're not afraid to join hands with your family? And let's pray together. We need the Holy Ghost. We need God to awaken us, to refocus our minds and our hearts. Let's pray that right now. God, help us to refocus our attention, our thoughts, our mind, our feelings, our emotions 
Oh God, I pray that there would be a divine visitation in every one of our lives. And that your hand would rest mightily upon us. And that your will would be done in this service, oh God, and in our hearts and in our homes when we leave here today. A sovereign move of your spirit and the work of the Holy Ghost. We ask you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Amen.